Warning, this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Due to the graphic nature, listener discretion is advised. Welcome from wherever you are. This is The Demon Inside with your host, John Venom. If you want to review a different episode of The Demon Inside, you can find them on Spotify or Anchor. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. A new episode will come out every Monday. And now, to our show. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to The Demon Inside. 11. In his own words, the man accused of killing six people on one night in February gives a minute-by-minute rundown of what he says happened. 24-Hour News aide Barton Dieters walks us through the chilling account and has new dash cam footage as well for us. Barton? Marley, the day after the February 20th massacre, the accused killer told detectives that he was controlled by the Uber app that he had been using for less than a week. Jason Dalton said the app would not, would not shut off and kept him awake for more than 24 hours at a time, and it would flash at him, quote, really hard. Dalton said something had come into his car and made itself known by making a loud tone. He said it felt like his vehicle was just talking to him, and he felt like he was on fire. Dalton said he felt compelled to accelerate his car, which led him taking one passenger on a bizarre and reckless drive through traffic where Dalton crashed but left this man alive. I was just in the car with him. He was my Uber driver, and when we, he was weaving, weaving in and out of lanes. He sideswiped the car on West Main Hill. Um, he was driving to the median. He was driving like 75 miles an hour down West Main. I got his license plate number when I jumped out of the car. Dalton said he had his dog in his car when he pulled up to the Meadows townhouses around 5.42 p.m. He said the app had told him to pick up somebody named McKenney, and when he saw a black woman, he asked her if she was the person he was looking for. When the woman said no, Dalton said he shot out the window at the woman and emptied the magazine of his Glock 9mm. His gun jammed. He cleared the jam and continued firing. Dalton said he had no reason why he shot her other than being annoyed when she asked him what he was doing. He said he knew he hit her because she was moaning. 24-Hour News 8 obtained audio of the 911 call where a caller can be heard helping the victim. Please don't move. No. Please don't move. They're coming, okay? Please don't move. We got the kids. Please don't move. Just stay there. But 25-year-old Tiana Carruthers survived the shooting and continues to recover from the multiple gunshot wounds she sustained. Around 10 p.m., Dalton said he drove to the Sealy Auto dealership where he saw two men looking at vehicles. He said his Uber app was telling him to look at a black BMW, but he used a Walther 9mm to shoot 17-year-old Tyler Smith and Tyler's father, 53-year-old Richard Smith, as they looked at a truck. He said he shot them at least 14 times. As Tyler's girlfriend hid in a nearby car, Dalton tried the handle of a nearby BMW, then left. He picked up fares and dropped them off at a beer store without incident. But around 10.30, Dalton drove the Cracker Barrel, 
where he walked up to 62-year-old Mary Lou Nye as she sat in a vehicle in the parking lot. He asked her if she could spare a dollar to, quote, make America great again. When she said no, he shot her. Dalton said he would have left, but then he heard people screaming. He said the app was again telling him to shoot, and he said he remembered shooting a small person in the head, a young girl. He did not know the young girl would be the lone survivor, 14-year-old Abby Koff, Dorothy Brown, 74, Barbara Hawthorne, 68, and 60-year-old Mary Jo Nye would die from the gunshot wounds. We are at Kalamazoo Cracker Barrel. Yeah, we're, at, we're at Cracker Barrel. I got that. Where's the vehicle where they were shot from? They're both, they're both in the, the parking lot. They're both in the parking lot? What's the vehicle yeah. that, sh that fired the gun? It's a blue HHR, shark blue, and it drove off right as we pulled up. In police dash cam video obtained by 24-Hour News 8, officers on the scene worked to understand what happened and to help the victims. So Ford confirmed dead, one on the way to the yeah. right? There's one car along the van. He left the cracker barrel and drove to his home to get more ammo. Minutes before his post-midnight arrest, Dalton would pick up one last fare, a group of men. Dalton said the phone would dig into him twice, one ding indicating yes and two meaning no. When one of the men asked, are you going to shoot me? His phone beat twice, which Dalton believed indicated no. So these men survived their encounter with the killer. In a statement dictated to police, Dalton said he knows people will look at him like a monster. Jason asked for forgiveness for what he called the day. He allegedly said, quote, no words I could ever say can bring closure to the families of the victims. Wow, Barton, this is just so chilling. And really, when you read through this entire report, it is clear that Dalton is saying he had every intention to kill people that night, never to leave survivors. Yeah, he thought that some of the people who survived, he thought he had killed them. And uh, uh, there was no no respect for life here, according to what we read in this uh, this confession of his. Unreal to read, Barton. Thank you for that report. And if you want to read this entire police report, we do have it posted for you on Wood TV. Hello, my Demon Insiders, and welcome back to the Demon Inside. Today, we're going to be talking about the Demon Inside, Jason Dalton. So Jason Dalton uh, is an Uber driver who killed six people in the course of one day. And before I start this, the uh, reason I want to talk about this is because I actually do Uber driving and recently started picking up people. So I'd like to send out a shout out to all those people that I've told about this show. And hopefully you're listening and hopefully you like the show. So my demon insiders, this is really a different kind of thing. So Jason Dalton was a 45-year-old man who lived in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And two weeks prior, he decided he was going to get a job with Uber because he wanted to take his family on a vacation to Disneyland. And, you know, earning extra money with Uber isn't too bad. I mean, I make a pretty good uh, living off of it, so getting extra money is pretty good. Um, but... Here's what happened. He says that as he was driving, his app uh, had turned from black or from red to black, 
Now, I find this weird because my Uber app is actually black. It doesn't turn red. That would be more DoorDash. And he said that before it turned into this app, he saw the Eastern Star, which is very interesting, and I'll explain why in a minute. And after he saw the Eastern Star, he saw a demon with a cow head. And it told him that he needed to kill people. So this is kind of similar to David Berkowitz, where the dog was telling him to kill people. And if you haven't heard the David Berkowitz um, story, then you should go back and listen to that. Because David Berkowitz said it was a 3,000-year-old demon who was in the dog, who possessed the dog, and was telling him to kill. So I don't know if this is kind of a coincidence, but I usually don't believe in coincidences. And that day, Dalton took his family dog, Mia, who is a German Shepherd, and put her inside the Chevy Equinox, silver Chevy Equinox car that he had. And uh, he had the dog in the back seat, which makes people sit in the front seat. So here's the deal. When I do Uber, everybody usually sits on the backside passenger side because they want to make sure that they're safe. Uh, I don't know how that's safer uh, being an ex-cop because when you're positioned yourself to the right side uh, in the pa- in the back seat, as a driver, if if and I'm not going to do this, but as a driver, if somebody wanted to shoot you, you would make it a lot easier for them to turn sideways and shoot. Now, if you're in the back seat, uh, straight back from the driver's side, the only way that they could hold you down is by pushing the seat back or leaning the seat back like they're going to lay down and hold you by the legs, which is still kind of awkward. And he would still have to turn around and try to get you face to face. And so... For me, if I was a female single passenger on an Uber, I would go directly behind the driver and always have my hand on the door in case I have to get out quick. So I don't know if that helps y'all, but I'm just, as a cop, I mean, that that would be my thing. Because I wouldn't know what you were doing, what you had. I couldn't see you. So it, you know, it, it, gives you a little bit of an edge over the person that's driving. So let's continue. So he went out, Dalton went out and started trying to pick up people. And the first person he tried to pick up was this woman who said that she was not going to go inside with the dog. She had some allergies and she could not do that. And he was fine with it. So He goes and picks up his second ride at 4 p.m. with Matt Mellon. And Matt Mellon was okay with it. Matt Mellon said that he wasn't bothered by the dog. It was a nice day. He figured that him and the dog had gone for a walk or something. So he gets in the front seat. And they kind of have a little chit-chat. And I know I do that with with most of my um, Uber pickups. Because most people want a hello and how are you, how's your day, you know. And so he picks up this guy, and they're driving, and everything's fine. 
no no signs of anything going wrong that day. Dalton was perfectly normal. And so Melon's kind of drifting off, looking out his window when uh, Dalton gets a phone call. Now, this phone call, they try to make it seem like it was a menacing phone call, but really what it was, it was a phone call from his son, from Dalton's son, to see if Dalton wanted to eat chicken, chicken wings or something like that. And Dalton, you know, the guy, Melon, really wasn't paying attention because it really wasn't anything worth listening to. But the minute he hung up, Melon says, and I quote, he floored it. He hammered the gas pedal. He just started driving crazy, end quote. So he was driving with this guy in his car, erratic. So erratic, he was going through stop signs. He was uh, passing traffic. He was going from one lane to the other. He even drove onto oncoming traffic. He sideswiped a car, and Melon told him, dude, you hit that car. You just hit that car. And Dalton replied very calmly, very eerie. He said, I didn't hit anything. Melon was calling him out saying, bullshit, I saw you hit him. Dalton just kept driving. Melon was basically screaming, hey, let me out. I want to get out. He goes, this is my stop right here. He was trying to tell him anything and everything. And finally, Dalton stops. He slams the brakes. And Melon tells him, this is where my friend lives. And Melon took advantage of when Dalton hit the brakes and he jumped out. He said it was the worst ride of his life. He calls 911 and tries to relay the message to the operator telling her that the police need to come out, that there's a guy driving erratic, that he hit a car. And 911 is kind of like not really sure what to do with this because, you know, it was an Uber driver who was driving. She was saying, if you didn't like your your ride, then you should call the Uber company and let them know. We'll be right back after a few words from our sponsors. Welcome back to The Demon Inside. So after this happens, uh, so here's the weird part, is after it happens, Dalton actually does another pickup. And he drives her and goes and drops her off and everything's fine. The next person he picks up, so it was a young girl, 18. He didn't pick her up. She called Uber because she wanted her boyfriend to come and visit her. So she actually ordered the Uber for her boyfriend. So Jason Dalton gets to the apartment complex where they live, and he can't find the boyfriend. He was on the wrong side of the apartment complex. And so he stops because he sees this woman with a whole bunch of kids, Tiana Carruthers. This woman is amazing, guys. So what happens is 
Dalton asked if he, she was his Uber driver. And she said no. She said it wasn't her. So Dalton starts to leave and he gets a message on his Uber, according to him, on his Uber text or Uber messages. And it says, you need to kill them, not just her, but the kids. You need to kill them. So he turns around. She notices that something's not right. She feels it. Tiana Carruthers basically tells the kids to run. And while the kids are running, he starts to shoot out of his passengers or out of the uh, driver's side window. And he hits her four times. She basically put her body in between her and the kids. She sacrificed and she survived, guys. She survived. So this guy takes off, goes and tells his wife, he goes home and tells his wife, hey, you need to lend me the car, a different car. We need to switch cars, basically. And whatever you hear on the news is what I'm doing. So he already knew he was going to get caught. So he goes to a, he switches cars. Uh, he's now in a, like a suburban or something like that. And he drives around. He sees a man and his son looking at cars at a car dealership. Dalton jumps out, runs over there, tells them something, and then shoots both of them dead. There was a girl in the car, which was the girlfriend of the son, and she was hiding until police showed up. So after that, he leaves. And here's the weird part is Dalton starts to pick up people as he's driving around. He's still doing the Uber app. And people are asking him, you know, because they, they, there's a uh, news bulletin out and it's saying, that there's an Uber driver going around killing and shooting people. And he's like, oh, no, that's not me. I don't know who that is. You know, and a lot of people were joking about it. And people didn't realize that he was the killer. So then he goes and he sees these women that are coming out of a restaurant. They're older women and a young girl. He ends up shooting all five of them. There's four older women and one little girl and killing the four women. Basically, he goes up to them and asks, can I have a dollar to make America better? And shoots them. The little girl survived, thank God, by the grace of God. When police finally catch Dalton, there's really not like a confrontation or anything. He gives up pretty easy. And when they're interviewing him, he tells the police that this app had kept him up 24 hours and made him kill. So basically he was saying that the demon came through and was using the app to control him. He said he felt a fiery 
like fire in his body. And he felt like he was out of his body, like an out-of-body experience. And so, um, of course, everybody thinks that it's a ploy, you know, to get out of what he did. Now, here's the thing that I find interesting about this whole case, okay, is that he described the Eastern Star. Now, the Eastern Star is a logo for a mason, mason, uh, you know, the uh, masons. And I always find it weird that the masons come up whenever there's a demonic presence or a cult you know, type of deal. But he says that the Eastern Star came on his app and then it changed to a bullhead. So, of course, my demon and satyrs, you know me. I started looking it up and I found a demon named Morax. This demon has a bullhead and a human body. And at one time, they thought the Minotaur was this demon. He has 32 uh, legions of demons under his command. He teaches astronomy and all other liberal sciences and gives good and wise familiars that know the virtues of all herbs and precious stones. So mason, stones, I mean, maybe that's a little bit of a push, but it's a coincidence, right? So this demon, could he have taken control of this guy? Because now think about this. He was a loving father of two. He has a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old. He got this job so that he could take them to Disneyland. He had no signs of any kind of schizophrenia or mental health issues. He had been married over 20 years with his wife. And I started looking up schizophrenia and over people that were 40. And the National Library of Medicine, it, it published a journal in May 27th of 2014. And it was called Late Onset Schizophrenia. Do recent studies support categorizing LOS, which is late-onset schizophrenia, as a subtype of schizophrenia? Although schizophrenia, and this is, this is from this article, and I'm going to read it to you. Although schizophrenia most commonly presents early in life, at least 20% of patients have onset after the age of 40 years. Some have proposed that schizophrenia was with onset between the ages of 40 and 60 years, is a distinct subtype of schizophrenia. Late onset schizophrenia, however, there has been debate regarding the importance of age of onset and the term LOS. So it has not been incorporated into the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which states Late onset cases can meet the diagnostic criteria for schizophrenia, but is, it is not yet clear whether this is the same condition as schizophrenia diagnosed prior to midlife. So basically, there's studies about 
schizophrenics that are in their 40s that have no sign of anything and then become schizophrenic. But here's the thing that I am trying to say is that when these murders happen, because most people uh, at that age, between 40 and 60, you really never notice them having schizophrenic episodes unless they do something like this. And could it be that, yes, maybe it is a mental defect at the age of 40, but, I mean, this guy was, I mean, there was no signs of it. And basically, within the two-week period, he became a spree killer. He decided that he was going to take the lives of these people because this app told him to. Is that true? Is it not true? Do we believe in demons? Do we not? But if you look at the journals, you know, the, the medical journals and things like that, they still don't know. Could it be that they're getting their answers from all these people that are turning into demons and they're trying to put it into a box and figure out that it might be something else? Or is it really a demon? that told this guy that he needed to kill. And if it told him he needed to kill, what would have happened if he didn't kill? I just want to say that demons are nothing to play with and they will do everything in their power to destroy us. Don't fall into their graces. Don't fall into their laps because... They don't care about us or anybody else. They just want to hurt people. And thank God there's still people out there that will try to help. Tiana Carruthers actually saved those kids that day. She's a big hero that messed up the plans for this demon. But that demon will go on and do horrible things to other people. But this demon also did one more thing to Tiana. I'm going to play this. This was uh, Tiana Carruthers in the courtroom. And this guy Dalton, or the demon, Morox, just interrupts her in the middle of her thing. And you can tell that she's very scared. And he's just babbling some weird stuff that doesn't even make sense. And then he tries to get up off the chair. Who knows if he was going to attack her or not, but they end up taking him away. Listen to this. A couple minutes go by and um, we don't even make it to the park, almost. We're like right there by the sidewalk and um, I seen him coming and um, I, I um, saw a gun. cars. No. They gave bags, these old people, they have these old black bags, they're called, they're black, they're black bags, and people drive around and look at them, it gets real, like, hey, and it's time people look, and then that's when you tell people it's time to get to the temple. You need to listen to your attorney, right? Yeah, you need to get to the temple because you need to get going because it's called intimidator. You can be quiet in today's proceedings, okay? If you have anything to say, you whisper to your attorney. That's today's rules, okay? Okay. 
to Miss Crothers. Are you okay? Or do we need to take a minute? guys for listening to this episode of the demon inside i hope you enjoyed it and i will see y'all next week have a good one take care don't forget to subscribe to the demon inside on spotify anchor or any other podcast directory or through our website anchor.fm backslash the demon inside a new episode of the demon inside comes out each monday let us know what you think and join the conversation on our demon inside facebook page and on instagram we thank you for listening and hope you'll join me next monday for a new demon inside if you enjoyed this episode tell your friends i'm john venom we'll see you next time if i don't get possessed the demon inside was created and written by james porter it's a production of Venomous Entertainment. Theme music, Demon Inside, is on the album Conjure One by Reese Fulber. Background music was created by Lucas Key.